Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, good afternoon. Welcome to the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Got a good show for you today. Some breaking news, Kelly, and this will make everyone, for good reason, want to tune in tomorrow. Jack Duggan, the old left-hander, is going to come on the show, and we're going to talk baseball tomorrow afternoon for a good long while. Opening day right around the corner. We are now officially in the month of February. Kelly was uh, at the ballpark this morning, talked to some of the ball players. We've got some good interviews for you. We're going to be talking to Chandler Best a little later in the show. Chandler Best, Kelly, a kid that uh, was out last year, had Tommy John surgery. They're really high. They think he can be a big asset. And, man, they are, let me tell you, they, they are chomping at the Yeah, give us bit. the vibe. Give us the vibe from the ballpark well, today. Well, the first thing that I noticed um, is – the entire coaching staff was really laid back, at least this morning. Now, maybe it was just a good day, but but I I really think that uh, maybe deep down inside they they know they've got something pretty special here. Coach Ostrander was you know really laid back, uh, especially laid back. But but getting to talk to the players, um, they kind of like the fact that nobody's giving them any love, you know, in these national polls because mm-hmm. they said they don't know what's going to hit them. They have you base it on. What you have coming back, and he said, "Look, let's face it. You know, when you got Danny Lynch and Chris Sargent, some of these guys sure. you, you got to replace. They just don't think that those guys are going to re- be replaceable. And I think the general rule of thumb for these guys is is certainly no disrespect to their former teammates, but as Graham Crawford said last year, the guys that were on the shelf waiting, pretty doggone good. And I think they're they're anticipate giddy with anticipation getting to unveil this team really." So here's an important question. The last time, it was last year, I was uh, at the baseball office and you came in and we went back to Scott's office and you immediately attacked the giant jar of M&M peanut M&M's he had on his desk. Did Coach Oz have that on his desk? Which sadly, the first thing that I tried to lay my my eyes on. There wasn't any? The M&M's were gone. It was was like stuff, like just awful stuff, like sliced turkey and bananas. And fruit and, stuff. and healthy yeah. food. <laughs> yeah. right, well, think about Scott, man. He, you're never going to go in his office. There wasn't the big jar of peanut M and M's right there. And and what was it? The uh, the the sweet oh god Skittles. A lot Skittles, of Skittles yeah. around too. Scott yeah. loved candy. Yeah, me we too. We loved hanging around with Scott because of the candy in his office. But Oz not going to provide us with candy all year. Well, not this morning. Now maybe once the word gets out, maybe maybe he will. I'll send him an email but, uh, as soon as this is over. All right. So you're very confident. You. you you're you're more confident about this baseball team than I've seen you in years. And Chandler Best, I you know you'll get to hear later on. You know I asked Chandler Best about it, and um, and I said, look, am I just 
am I seeing this with my heart rather than my eyes? And he said, well, perhaps you are, but, but your, eyes, your eyes are pretty good. Because he said, I, I agree. And he'll, he'll explain a little good. bit later. All right, basketball men on the road last night. Uh, you know, we talked to uh, Coach Ladder the day before yesterday, and they were traveling by bus. And I've been to I, I've been to Arkansas State. It's no easy trip to get there. It's several hours, several hours. Uh, he talked the other day about the team was pretty fatigued from the previous week of travel. I thought last night sort of showed that. I mean, I thought they played really well. They they struggled from the floor. Uh, a lot of their jump shots in the second half were coming up short. I've always been told that's a sign of leg fatigue. With everything, everything was short, Kelly. Short, short, short. I think they, I think they do look a little fatigued at the moment. Well, they lost seventy-eight to seventy-one. Three of a of a four game third game of a four game road trip that will conclude this Saturday down at San Marcos when they play the Bobcats for the first time this year. But on the good side, Bob, when you break these numbers down. Once again, four Golden Eagles in double figures. And, I mean, you talk about evenly spread. Donovan Ivory, you know, was 17. Austin Crowley was 17. Victory Waco was 17. And then your boy Mo Arnold, you know, chipped in 14. So there's four different guys pretty much in the same point range, right? That's a good sign. They only turned it over four times. All night. And on average, it's going to be about 11 or 12, you know, but four I mean, that's only happened one other time in the Jay Ladner era. But the one thing that jumps out to you on the negative side, and you just talked about it, was shooting percentage. Not good. 35% for the Eagles. If you're in the, you know, if you're in the 44 to 48% range, you got a shot. You're yeah. doing pretty well. And it wouldn't have been so bad had Arkansas State. They were like 50%. They were, yeah, 50%. So, I mean, in the second half. so And, and the Eagles led at half, but because Arkansas State shot so well in the second half, that was the difference you know, in the ball game. And so that's a split now on the year for those two teams. Uh, so they play Texas State. If they could win that game, they would have split this road trip, right, two and right, two. Right, right, which is about what you can expect. Coach Ladder told me the other day that the formula – for everyone is to win your home games, split your road games, find one one road trip, one two game you know road trip that you can get both games. They still have the ability to do that, and I'm not as concerned uh, about the loss as uh, you find this hard to believe. But there are people on the internet just they're they're panicking. It's the end of the world, and the season's completely done. The end of the uh, world as, as we, we know, know it. it. Yeah. Uh, I'm not that concerned because they're coming home, and they're re- they've never lost a conference game at home. And Kelly, gosh, I hate to say, it, I don't want to say that it doesn't matter. Every game matters, and for these kids, I'm sure that every time they play, it matters, and it matters to us to for them to do well. You want to get in that top four and take your shot in the tournament, and that's got to be the strategy of every Sun Belt coach. And you remember in the preseason polls, both with the media and the coaches, Southern Miss was picked fourth. Okay, so and I think when it all shakes out, you know, unless unless App State and JMU just have a complete, you know, letdown, uh, they're probably going to be one, two in any one particular order. They still have two games with Louisiana coming up, all right, and Louisiana's right in there with them. But other than that, six out of these last eight are at home, including the MAC Challenge with wow. with Western Michigan coming to town. What's their nickname? They are the Broncos. Broncos, you're right. Is that right? 
I think they're the Broncos. For those of you that don't know Kelly Sander, let me tell you, I've known him a long time. This man has more useless information in his brain than any 10 people I've ever met. <laughs> useless being the, the key word there. <laughs> but but not only do they have six out of the last eight at home, Bob, they're against teams that are in the lower third uh, in, in the standings because you got one more game with Monroe. You know that's going to be here. You got South Al. You got Louisiana is really the only team that's in that upper half, uh, and they haven't played Louisiana either time. So, right. and I think the last game of the season is actually against the Cajuns. Right. And all this is going to matter as far as as you just mentioned seeding in the postseason tournament. Because as Luke Johnson and Luke will be hopefully rejoining us next week, but when Luke was talking about the changes in the NIT selection, Who, who's that? Luke, you remember Luke Johnson? He's been in all the papers. I vaguely remember, especially that. when he was punting back at Southern Miss back for yeah. Southern Miss back yeah. in the day, but with the new uh, ruling, with the way that the NIT is going to select their teams, really about the only shot you have, obviously going to the NCAA tournament, is to win the Sun Belt. But then the only other choice will be like the CBI or, or eh, we don't care about that, <laughs> something like that. Meanwhile, the women play tonight and they're hosting uh, Louisiana Lafayette, so I'm sure it'll be a very friendly. Lots of sportsmanship, no antique, no you know, no rough, rough play. It's too bad this isn't television, so people can see the sarcastic <laughs> look on your face. Although you and Miss Angela are going to take this one in. Well, we're checking it out. Tonight. Yeah, we're, anytime the Cajuns are in town, no matter what sport, you know it's going to be brutal. Beer sales go up, that's for yeah, sure. And you know it's just going to be like a fist fight. And uh, I don't think any of these girls are going to back off each other tonight. Do you? <laughs> No, we're we're talking about Dom Davis is almost too aggressive for her own good, right? I'm sure Dom's nervous and intimidated about tonight. I don't think so. <laughs> now you remember she's a Louisiana girl, right? Oh yeah. So she knows exactly uh, what, yeah. what she's in store for. Yeah. Uh, that game is at six o'clock. Hope a nice crowd shows up, uh, and uh, we obviously uh, cheer on the Lady Eagles and Joy Lee McNellis, and and the men will be back uh, in action Saturday. The women will be home Saturday, I think, as well. Uh, so a lot of basketball uh, still to go. A lot, lot of basketball left to play, Kelly. That men's game Saturday down in San Marcos is a, it's a weird like a four fifteen start or something like that our time, and it will be on ESPN Plus. Again, the Bobcats have to come back here, I believe, just one week later. So kind of kind of some funky scheduling this year by the yeah. by the Sun Belt. And I heard them talking last night uh, on the broadcast that how tough the road trip had been on Arkansas State. You know, how exhausted their players were and how happy they were to be back home. And they showed it last night. I mean, they were enthusiastic being on their home floor. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a good game. And I remember when the basketball schedule came out, Bob, we made a note on this program when we saw the lack of home games that the Eagles would have in the month of January. It's ridiculous. And then when you look at February, and it's like every it's, game is at home. Crazy. Yeah, you know, which crazy. I'm glad for the students. You know, because the students are always a big, you know, a big help to the players because they're loud and raucous and they have a good time. But, man, February, get ready for some basketball at Reed Green. Yep. All right, Chandler Best still to come in the show next, though. Daniel Ward from the National Center of Spectator Sports Security and Safety. That's a Southern Miss-based organization. It's going to be really interesting, we think, what you're going to hear about the need for advanced security now at the high school level. Oh, boy. We'll be back.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by our friends at... uh, Campus Bookmark. Yeah, that's right. Open 24-7 at uh, campusbookmark.net, the big building right across from the, the main entrance to uh to southern miss and that's a place where you've got baseberg shirts you've got all kinds of uh things that you can wear over there and they've got your website your website they've got your size actually for whatever type of <laughs> they have uh, your website too yeah they, they do um <laughs> for any type of shirt that that you might want to that you might want to you know invest in get yourself in the mood for um for a southern miss sporting event now we in in this segment we want to talk a little bit about the great facility over at southern miss which is called the ncs4 that's the national center for spectator sports is it safety and security dan or or it's safety and security it is safety and and security and um dan help me with your last name ward thank you thank you yeah daniel ward is with us now from the ncs4 they are getting ready to conduct a symposium up at Notre Dame. Yes, the Notre Dame up in Indiana on February 20th and 21st, talking about pro sports and entertainment, how to help secure those facilities. And they just got back from a symposium at Katy, Texas. And there in Katy, they were talking about uh, increased security at the high school level. And Daniel Ward, I, I have to say that I'm a little bit disappointed that we even have to talk about security and safety at high school sporting events. But the occurrences of fans not behaving themselves at high school events is on the rise. That, that's a, what a lot of schools have been reporting. So we wanted to discuss that these forums are really a good time for us to come together and talk about what's working, what's not working, and, and how we can improve um, at the various levels of sports and entertainment. All right, so at the high school level, I mean, I would think the obvious things are metal detectors, th- things of that nature. Was, was there any general rule of thumb or general uh, discussion that came up that was pretty consistent with everybody there? Not really. We had such a good mix of schools from different states and communities. Um, the, the, the security measures they have in place really range. It was different across the board. In some schools, there were metal detectors. There was uh, more sophisticated technologies being deployed at your, your ingress and egress areas. In others, it was uh, a little less technology-driven and more people-driven. So we had a good mix of different schools and, and different measures that they're employing. So we really came together to talk about those things and talk about general best practices that could be applied regardless of school size or facility. Now, I get technology-driven, but what do we mean by people-driven? Um, how we're using people, where we're deploying people, how we're training our school staff and security practitioners that are coming onto our campuses. So how we're using people um, to, to mitigate potential security and safety issues. Now, part of the things that NCS4 does is take care of, uh, at, at least try to advise people on protocols for pro sports and entertainment, which concerts draw big crowds, of course, uh, big pro sporting events. And I, and I want to ask, I think what might be an obvious question, Dan, but you can fill in some blanks for us. The incidences of misbehavior tied to alcohol abuse. Uh, I would think that would be obvious. Is it? 
Yes, uh, there's there's definitely alcohol related issues, and what you see in various sports, their their fans' code of conduct and the training and the information they're putting out. A lot of it is alcohol related. They certainly train their staff in how to deal with alcohol related issues. Um, so certainly that's toward the top of the list when we start looking at behavioral problems at facilities and venues that serve alcohol. I'm sure one of the things that you recommend is we'll simply don't serve alcohol. But when it comes back to chasing the almighty dollar, it's just too big of a revenue source, yes? It, it is a major revenue source, and it's a challenge to um, it, it's a challenge to make just a blanket recommendation across the board because we, we understand each each venue and facility set up a little different. There are universities that do allow alcohol, universities that don't. At the professional sports and entertainment level, most of your facilities are going to offer alcoholic beverages. Um, it really comes down to to if we are offering them, making sure that we're we're managing alcohol sales and we're managing um, certainly alcohol related issues. Uh, responsibly and effectively. All right, so technology seems to be changing all the time, Daniel. How, how are the eyes in the sky doing? Or te- Update us on some technologies that might be in the works that will help us uh, be safer at sporting events and thwart the bad guys, so to speak. Yeah, technology is, uh, to an extent, technology, it's evolving rapidly. And to an extent, I- technology is outrunning policy. Um, so for us, it's keeping up with technologies that are out there. So for us, a lot of what we focus on is making sure that we're looking at technology and we're deploying it um, effectively. We, we understand the do's and don'ts, and we know what we're capable of doing, and we understand the benefits out of those technologies. But you have seen an uptick in um, ticketing solutions. So now there's, there's uh, it's very rare that you go to an event anymore and you have a hard copy ticket stub. Uh, in most cases, you have, you have a QR code or you have a ticket on your phone. Um, in some venues and facilities across the country, you'll see uh, facial authentication at gates. You'll see um, more sophisticated uh, screening solutions that are being deployed. There's more cameras. There's more analytics in terms of how those cameras are being operated and managed and the information we're able to glean from those solutions. So we, we've grown tremendously with technology. It's understanding how all that technology works together and making sure we have kind of an integrated response or integrated, uh, we're, we're looking at integrated solutions and we're bringing those technologies in the right way. And all that research takes place at the University of Southern Mississippi. Daniel Ward, where's the fine line between the eyes in the sky, technology, and privacy? Ooh, that's, that's a tough question, and I don't know that I have all the answers for you there, uh, but I do know that, that one of the things that venues we work with are constantly talking about is how we can protect personal data, how we can protect privacy information, and making sure that we're, we're managing that data responsibly. I know um, cybersecurity is always a challenge. Uh, the data that we're taking in, we want to make sure that's protected, and it looks different in, in how data is being protected and how information is being protected across the country. Now, when it comes to uh, just being overly invasive with technology, that's another thing that each venue has to consider individually. They have to look at, at kind of what the, the climate is, where they're at, and they have to look at what's, what's going to be appropriate um, and how it's going to be received by their community inside their venues and, and by their, their, their stakeholders. So, Daniel, the last time I was at an NFL game was in person a couple of years ago. I went to Washington and was at a Redskin Philadelphia Eagle game. I thought you went to a pro game, Bob. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I say that term loosely. Professional. I was shocked at the violence that I saw outside of the stadium after the game. I, I bet I saw four or five open fist fights on my way back to where we were 
heading. And, you know, any week you can look on, on the Internet and you'll see these violent videos uh, at NFL games. Is is the violence and the unruly behavior worse than ever, or is it just more accessible to our viewing of it now because of technology? I, a little bit of both, Bob. Um, I, I think that – what, what we're hearing from venues and what was reported in, in one of our surveys, we do industry surveys each year. Um, so what we've been looking at, we have seen an uptick, but it isn't as dramatic as, as one would think. The, the information is more available, to your point. Um, technology allows us to see those things, mm-hmm. and um, it allows people to share their stories much more broadly than, than they could 10, 15 right. years ago. So right. we're much more aware of behavioral-related issues that are taking place at sports and entertainment. Uh, and we are receiving reports that it is on the rise. It's something that we're looking at. Uh, but, again, if, if, if you're just watching the news or social media, a lot of times, I mean, you see those things. It's more prevalent well, through those channels than it say. was a handful of years ago. Why, is, why do you think it is on the rise, Daniel? There's a variety of reasons, um, and that that's some of the things that we're investigating. So I, I wish I had all the answers to that one, Bob, but it's something that we, we are looking at. We're preparing for another industry report this year, and those are the questions that we're going to be asking security directors from venues across the country. So we hope to have more information to really understand behavioral issues and, and if and why those behavioral issues are on the rise uh, towards the end of the year. And, Daniel, I'm not as worried necessarily about the people that I'm sitting around, you know, but it's the bad guys. And I don't lose any sleep over it, all right? I mean, I know there's inherent risk in anything that you do, but I go to the Indianapolis 500 every year where there's, you know, hundreds of thousands of people, and I worry about the bad guys. Is that a legitimate concern, or are we on top of it? The bad guys. Can you be more specific for me there? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, foreign entities that would like to do extensive damage in a small period of time to to American citizenry. Yeah, it, I think for us, we, we always err on the side of caution. Um, but ultimately, our venues are doing a great job in having layered security measures to protect those spectators. You have you have different layers. There's so many activities that take place around a sporting event. You have um, you have tailgating areas. You have uh, parades. You have nearby restaurants and bars and different things that are taking place around each one of these venues. So certainly, it takes a layered approach. And the venues that we work with, I would say, uh, they're working really hard with their community partners and with uh, the, the venue itself to make sure they're deploying solutions that are looking at those those various layers of security. All right. So in terms of our security professionals, we've got a great group of people that come together. Um, I would say you're, you're in good, good hands, and they're working hard to make sure you're safe when you're inside those facilities. All right, Daniel, thank you so much. The NC4S, they're going to be headed to Notre Dame up in South Bend, Indiana, February 20th and 21st for a symposium on pro sports and entertainment venues, keeping us safe. Daniel Ward, thanks again. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, we'll be right back, everybody. Chandler Best on the Super Talk Eagle Hour as we continue our broadcast from the Southern Bank Core Studio right here at Oak Grove. Hang on. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, I want to thank Daniel Ward for the National Center for Spectator Sports Security and Safety right here on the Southern Miss campus. Appreciate that. 
I want to thank our good friends at Dickie's Barbecue for all they do for the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Great place to take your family for dinner tonight. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Core Studio, and we're always happy to promote that, as well as 4th Street Bar and Grill. They sponsor this segment of the show, and we certainly like those guys. Right there in the shadow of the rock, great food, great drink, great camaraderie, cold Pabst Blue Ribbon beer, Kelly. That's what I like the most. Bob, people have said that you always mention Pabst Blue Ribbon. I say they do have other brands. I know they do, but I, I got to get away from a PBR. <laughs> no, I know you like PBR for sure. Hey, Genesis Hattiesburg is the official auto dealer of the Eagle Hour. Genesis sedans and SUVs are the finest vehicles on the road today. And coming soon, the all-new Genesis showroom, Highway 98 West in Hattiesburg. Should point out, too, that uh, that's owned by Matt Grubbs, who's a massive supporter of Southern Miss Athletics, Kelly. He does a lot for the athletic program. Massive, not meaning that he's a big guy like no, me. But no, just, just that he's a big donor. Yes, and, there you and go. a big supporter. <laughs> and I want to remind you about the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast. If you don't get enough of Kelly at 1 o'clock every day, you can find him whenever you like on Apple, Audible, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. Or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Still no luck there, right, though, with Alexa. Yeah, don't, don't tell Alexa that you want to hear me on there because that won't work. <laughs> yeah, but there is plenty of me to go around, Bob. Yeah, I know. Uh, Kelly was at baseball this morning, got some great interviews, and one of the kids he talked to is Chandler Best, who's a lefty pitcher, was out last year, had Tommy John surgery over the season. And Kelly, real quickly because we want to get to the interview, they're really counting on Chandler Best, aren't they? And he wouldn't have it any other way. Here's Kelly and Chandler Best. Chandler Best with us here on the Eagle Hour, the flame-throwing lefty, ready to get back in the saddle this year after Tommy John surgery. And the first thing i got to talk about mentally, Chandler, is the, you know, you've had the surgery, you've rehabbed, you've done everything you're supposed to do. Are you ever worried that, hey, maybe I threw something, something doesn't feel just right? How do you deal with the mental part of recovery? Yeah, um... It's probably more mental than physical at the end of the day. Um, I went through a lot of rehab, and I kind of got just got to tell myself that all the hard work and rehab that I did for the course of 12, 13 months until I was cleared, that it's kind of all built up my arm and kind of try to think of it. It's like it's like bulletproof now. Like I try to um, – I definitely early on in the throwing, I'd get a little more sore than usual, and I might overthink it a little bit, but – um, now that I'm almost 15 months out, it feels pretty normal, and um, I feel as confident as ever that I'm I'm healthy and ready to go. When you were talking with Dr. Dugas, who who did the surgery and so on, and, and in your subsequent rehab, have you had to change your style of pitching? Have you had to change anything about the way you approach this craft? And it is a craft. Um, no, I don't think I had to. Um, like there, I don't think there was anything specific I was doing that led to my injury. It was more of just kind of an overuse thing of all my years of playing baseball. But um, I do think um, that I did make a couple little changes, not because I had to, but because um, I thought it might make me a little more effective um, when I came back healthy. So, Is part of that maturity, though, too, where you're kind of thinking, hey, if I don't have to, why? Yeah, um, for sure. I, it, it was kind of a – eye-opening experience sitting on the side for a year watching all my brothers my best friends go to a regional super regional and I was there with them and I, I like to say I was a big part of it um, just having energy in the dugout and everything but part of me just always wishes I could have been out there with them for sure so um it kind of just I got to spend every day reflecting on my past seasons or what I could do to be better in the future so um from that I kind of just 
sat down with Coach Bradford or Coach Oz, and we talked over little things that could be changed. And um, I kind of just hammered them in, into my routine during rehab, and they just over the course of time changed a little bit. So yeah, I think just because you're you're a young man and you're, and all your teammates are generally the same age, one of the things that you don't have the life experience to where sometimes you don't learn to appreciate things. Now you're back out there. You're ready to go. Man, I'll bet you are appreciative. Yeah, for sure. I tell everyone that um, the main thing I took away from being out this past year was my appreciation for the game because up until last year, I've been lucky enough to never been injured, and I kind of took it for granted. So having that year off, uh, like I said, seeing everyone uh, go out there and play, have fun while I was – Maybe not going on road trips, staying here, doing rehab. Um, it was definitely eye-opening, and it kind of just made me realize how much I love the game and how much fun it is. Like even when I was just throwing my first bullpen at like 60 miles an hour, first time I was like having the most fun ever. So it's it's kind of made me enjoy the game a little more now for sure. When people ask me um, as a co-host of the Eagle Hour, you know, how's the baseball team going to be? The first thing I say, and uh, this is no secret, I said I think. On paper, this pitching staff is as deep and as talented as it's ever been since I've been covering this team. Um, how do you see it as a member of, the, of said staff? Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I think we're a really deep and talented staff, and uh, I've been a part of a lot of good staffs here. Um, a lot of professional pitchers come and go here, and um, I think we're just as deep as any staff. There's a lot of guys that um, a lot of fans might not know who they are now, but they definitely will one or two weeks into the season, and they're going to really like what they see. And I think one of the things, one other element to this team that people might not know about is you guys got some clubbers on this team that maybe you know you used to have to, pitching had to, to win it, but I think there's a better balance on paper. Again, you got to prove it during the season, but I think on paper there's a better balance of offense and defense. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I for sure think so. I think there's um, – there's definitely guys, um, everyone's kind of skeptical, having a lot of new players, a lot of new positions, filling Dustin's role, Danny's role, Sargent, um, Matthew Etzel, all these big players we had last year. But kind of like how you said earlier, where we have guys sitting out for a year that are ready to go and even transfers um, from junior college or freshmen this year or redshirt freshmen that um, – I think are going to do a fantastic job stepping up and filling their roles. Now, you're, you're studying business, but uh, any truth to the rumor that uh, you could potentially be a future co-host of the Eagle Hour? Yeah, I'm definitely keeping my options open. Um, we'll have to talk about that that after the interview, and um, maybe they'll be seeing well, me a little I'm more. about 90 years old, so it's, <laughs> it's just a matter of time you know, if you hang in there. When it's all said and done this year, um, you know, obviously, we want you want to win the College World Series. You want, but that aside, when will it have been a, su- a success this season for you individually and for this team? Yeah, um, I think my first. Uh, I like to set little goals. My first s- considered success would be just me getting back out on the field again and kind of soaking in that moment of being back out there and being healthy. But um, obviously, I don't have any real specific goals as far as statistics or anything. I just want to go out there and have fun and play a lot of innings and get a lot of wins with my friends. And obviously our goal is to go to Omaha and win the College World Series. So that would be considered a success for me. And my final question, kind of an obscure question, um, have you ever taken any abuse because of your last name being best? You know, get ribbed as a kid when maybe you weren't 
best or whatever? Yeah, all the guys that aren't very smart can't make up fun jokes. They just call me Chandler Worse. So it's not <laughs> nothing against them. They're just not very smart. They had to do that. So Yeah, nothing against them, but they're not very smart. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> very cheesy. Chandler, we wish you nothing but the best. I'm sure we'll be glad to Thank see you back in uniform this year. Sir. Thank you. Chandler Bass, everybody. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm just going to tell you right now, I've seen Chandler Bass. He is far too handsome. He's never going to be a co-host on this show. <laughs> never. Never going to happen. And, and would you? And would anybody ever dare call him Chandler Worst? No. no. <laughs> you talk about wanting yeah. one right in the ear hole, buddy. Yeah. You know, he says something to you, Kelly, that, that I, I observe covering the team as well. He said, my brothers and my best friends. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. And, buddy – that just jumps out at you when you're around the Southern Miss baseball program. Yeah, and, and I think it's it should be noted, too, to all Little League parents out there. Did you notice he said, I don't have any specific individual goals. I just want to win teams with my buddies. Yeah. that's Quit worrying about where your kid bats or what position your kid plays in. Let him go out there and have fun with his yeah. friends. You know? Kelly, how big a problem is it overusing kids when they're young? I had a... A close friend of my wife's was telling me, she was telling me what they had relayed just the other night. Uh, her son, her grandson's apparently a, a pretty good little baseball player. He's like 12 or 13. She's concerned about how tired he was at the end of the season and how, how overused she seemed to think he was. Dr. Is that J- a problem? Dr. James Andrews, who's noted, you know, he's handled a lot of NFL athletes, including Brett Favre, and it was that uh, his facility in Birmingham that actually did Chandler Best's surgery. Dr. James Andrews will ask pitchers in particular, who's your favorite pitcher? Regardless of what they answer, Dr. Andrews will say, well, that pitcher doesn't pitch all year round. Neither should you. So I encourage parents, there's a baseball season. That's the spring, right? That's when they play. The, and look, 30 games is enough. You know, they'll get their, their time you know, later on. Uh, but if you burn them out too early and physically wear and tear on the body, you know, you're, you're taking a big risk. Let them play football. Let them play basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, do these other and don't the things. coaches bear responsibility for that, too, that are coaching these young kids? They should. They should. Yeah. But you think it's a problem. I think it I think it can be. I think. And it's up to the parents ultimately to shut them down. Right. All right, Mo Baby Yay Company, 2902 Hardy Street invites you down for the best dessert in Hattiesburg. Beignets made to order. Hot coffees, cold coffees, sauces, good stuff, Kelly Sander. 100% agreed on that, Bob. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. DBAT sponsors this segment of the Eagle Hour. It's a great place for softball and baseball training. State-of-the-art facility right there on Hardy Street. Luke Reynolds is the manager. I've said that a number of times lately. We're going to have Luke on the show hopefully next week. And uh, we'll talk a little more about DBAT and, of course, his great career at Southern Miss. And um, 
Kelly, uh, good interviews today. You do such a good job on interviews. And I know you got Billy Odom and a couple other players. Billy still got the long, flowing locks. I was just going to let me tell you, buddy. He's he's in rare form. Them them locks. It's like Samson, man. That's is that right? He said, as long as that hair is going to stay up there, uh-huh. I ain't cutting it. What is know? with the uh, college baseball pitchers and the long hair? Well, it's kind of, I don't know. It's 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 what they what the college kids call a sick flow, Bob. They got a, a, a flow <laughs> flow of hair back there, you know. So hey, if it's a confidence builder for him, that yeah. Billy Oldham last year, when you looked at his statistics, do you know he averaged more than one strikeout per inning? He was really good. I mean, he had eighty nine strikeouts in seventy seven innings. He was really really That's good. That's pretty doggone good. And yeah. I don't want to bring up bad memories, but you may recall that in the in the super regional. Billy was wheeling and dealing, and the game got stopped because it lightninged a couple of times south of Purvis, and uh, <laughs> and so then they had to you know they had to burn up their closer. Right. And I think I think that was probably a, a a bigger turn in the tournament than we realized at the time. Uh, but but Odom is a great guy to have coming back. I think he's a solid weekend story. And I was picking on him being a native of the the state of Connecticut, and right. you know they were on the the bad side of the war of northern aggression right right right. (laughs) you tell him that you remind him of that and i said i said look no but there's no such thing as a poor person in connecticut Uh i mean everybody's rich in connecticut you have to be so i was kind of picking on him about that and it's so funny to me how not just billy but a lot of people who are affluent are embarrassed to admit Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're affluent mm-hmm. you know say so, man there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with being rich yeah no it's better a lot being, better than being poor <laughs> you got that right <laughs> <laughs> so he finally said well you know we we do okay you yeah. know we after all we do live 45 minutes from the financial district of new york city yeah. you know uh, he's so. just he's just fit right in like a glove here hadn't he and he said that he said you know he really didn't know what to expect you know, also got to talk to Lawson Odom, who's a, a freshman out of West Jones High School. And Lawson is a guy who comes from a winning program in high school. And one of the things that stuck out with me is, is he said, winning is winning, whether it's at high school or college. He said the same attitude you bring with you as a high school player. You know, if you don't think you're the big dog, who else is going to think you're the big dog? You know, so he seems to have fit right in there. And, of course, Nick Monastere. I mean, stud. Oh, this guy. Dog. I mean, he came in high styling and profiling, you know, for the interviews today. So yeah, he's uh, a dog. He's he's ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. We're so excited about having baseball back. And uh, I believe the guys. Uh, well, I, I, I'll say this. Until someone in the Sun Belt shows me they can beat us in a tournament. Southern Miss is the team to beat. Well, Coastal's Belt. getting all the love. So, and they, well, they, we'll see. Yeah. They're, they're, we'll get a lot of love when they come down here. Oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. We'll tell them they're number one, except we'll do it a little bit different way. We'll, we'll ask them about their mothers, and we'll just, <laughs> yeah. our, our fans will just make them feel toasty warm. Oh, yeah. Well, won't they ever. Uh, <laughs> couldn't wait to get out of here, uh, I'm sure, when that happens. But they open against uh, Marist, of course, and we're going to have a two-hour special edition yes. of the Eagle Hour on opening day. It's going to be fun. Get to working on that uh, really soon. Excited about baseball. We're excited about basketball, too. Sure. And we think there's a lot of basketball left to play. I, I have still remained very confident, particularly with the men's team. With the, with the, I'm confident of the women, but I'm talking about where they sit in yeah. the standings right now. I'm still very confident that uh, they're going to finish in that top four. And remember, six out of the last eight are, are at uh, the greenhouse. So I don't think, you know, no, certainly nothing 
wrong with that. And it's all about you know, seeding for the tournament. So hey, another thing people have to remember, and the, to their credit, the announcers from Arkansas State pointed that out last night. Right now, the team's pretty injury riddled, and you know he he's just got two guards you were counting on very badly are not playing. Uh, Victor Hart still not playing. Big big score. Uh, when Awaku got in foul trouble last night, gosh, there was really, you know, y- y- you could see the you could see the lack of depth for the moment. And you got Nefta coming back next year, and he's already said that he's coming back. You know, next and year. And I think he's, I think he's the best of the two guards that's not playing. He just has to st- he just has to stay healthy. That's yes. been the problem with Alvarez is you just can't keep him healthy. Yes. So, but next week on the show, Would you Bob, disagree terribly with that, that he is the better of the two guards that are not playing right now? Overall, yes. I think. Yes. So. Um, next week on the show, we're going to be talking with uh, the new offensive and defensive coordinator for the football team, which we have not had a chance to ask them yet as the Eagles get ready for uh, spring drills coming up. We're also going to have Coach Eddie Brescher on the program with some of his golfers. Of course, the new golf yeah, facilities nice. scheduled to open up this summer. So we're going to get an update uh, on that as well. So everything Southern Miss sports related, the softball team getting ready for their opener as well. We're going to have it all for you, Bob, you and I next week. There we go. Jack Duggan, the old left-hander on the show with me tomorrow. Billy Odom as well will be on the Eagle Hour. Well, did you ask him about those flowing locks? Of course I did. I figured you did. Yeah. And he gave you a good answer, I'm sure. He, he did. He yeah, wasn't I, shy about responding. I think No, he's pretty impressed with that hair. I told him, you should be, man. <laughs> for somebody whose hair wants to fall out. You know? Billy and I, we, we shouldn't even get paid for what we do. This is too much fun. It, we have a great time. Guys. We sure do. But we still want to get paid. Back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Myth. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.